Well, hello everybody, uh, Alison Wild in uh, the north, along with Miro in the uh, northwest, and myself in the Midlands. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, one single film, either very quickly or very laboriously, one or the other, depending on how it goes, because we're not too sure what each other thinks of the film. In English it's called Advantages of Travelling by Train, and in Spanish it's called Venjas de Vija en Tron. So uh, I always like to say it in the original language because then everybody can laugh at my pronunciation. <laughs> it's a film directed by Aritz Moreno. It's Spanish. Uh, and it's an interesting film at the very least. So I'll, I'll start by saying I thought it was a deeply disturbing film, but I thought it was very, very good. Lots of interesting ideas, very challenging. Uh, in a way, it's a collection of different stories, but I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I thought it was excellent. Alison. Uh, I've got lots of questions, actually, more than comments, because I'm still uh, actually processing it. Um, I, again, I thought it was uh, quite disturbing. I'm not easily disturbed by films, uh, but I did think in terms of... Um, a wider audience, a lot of people would hate it, I think, um, because uh, there's too, it, it goes into too many, um, for want of a better word, dark places, too many, too many things are treated possibly lightly for most audiences. I quite like that. Um, uh, so um, overall, um, even though it could get confusing and I had to go back a couple of times and, and check uh, and check what had actually happened. Um, I did think it was really good. It, 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 I mean, it mentions Russian dolls within it, and it definitely is that Russian doll type of film. Uh, and it just coheres together very well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, on, on one level, it seems to be mainly about exploring uh, taboos. And of course, the, the prime one, the reason why we're watching it, there is disability. I thought the, the stuff on disability in it, with probably the exception of mental health, I thought the stuff on disability within it was really interesting, even kind of, uh, particularly the bits that were self-referential about um, the characters' experiences of representation in contemporary media. So I'll leave it there for now. But uh, yeah, I, overall, I thought it was a really good watch, if complicated. Miro. I... Uh... I was I felt very affected by the film. Actually, so. <laughs> I um I it, it's one it's probably one of the first films that I really regretted having a mid morning snack while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave that up to the audience to understand why. Um no, I, I yeah, I, I was I was affected by it. I, I thought there was some really uh, complex ideas being unraveled, like uh, as Alison said, kind of going going deeper into the self under trying to understand and make sense of of our identity and our, of our lives i think there was there, there was something in the in the idea of perceiving life as a form of storytelling and that then allows us to determine or try to determine what is real and what is and what is what is false uh, but also with the added question of does it matter if something that we think to ourselves is true ultimately you know it, it, it becomes becomes um, we, we realize that it, it is false. Um, and also, I think, I, I agree with Alison's point, though, you know, in terms of representation, uh, there was 
there was problems with with the mental health representation. Um, there was problems with the representation of women, I thought as well in the, oh, in the absolutely. film. Absolutely, which yeah. I think we can talk about later. Um, but yeah, absolutely, that's the self-referential uh, part, particularly with the character who um, is in an institution and uh, is 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 confined to his bed, and then eventually you know, pursues uh, a love interest. Uh, I thought that was that was that was really fascinating, and I, I suppose it it was. It reminded me of that idea of uh, of eschatology in, in a sense of you know trying to make sense of the final events of 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 our of our history and trying to make sense of what's the ultimate destiny of 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 humanity and there was I think a a lot of uh, reflection in the film about the the way in which society has evolved and where we're up to in terms of you know treating uh, children as commodities uh, disregard for for, for rights, disregard for protection and security of ourselves. Um, and I think that I, I would be interested to see what you thought, but both of you thought, but I think it was, it was the, the, the idea of feces was quite symbolic in the film. Um, and, you know, maybe is the director and the, and the, and the script writers a way of, of trying to make us reflect on our, on our, um, on our, the way in which our society has evolved and perhaps, you know, what, what 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 use are we to society, and how how should we see ourselves, and how do we treat others, particularly as well, um, yeah, in, yeah. in the, you know in the sense of relationships and power? Yeah, yeah. Sociologically, I kept thinking of uh, Mary Douglas's work on pollution and taboo, and it was just it was unremitting in in actually uh, going to those places. I mean, just just the, the the whole kind of metaphor of of keeping your own garbage and living with the smell and uh, and just lots of things that I won't do any spoilers with that, but um, just lots of things around uh, things that we take for granted. Um, you just, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really good on things like that. Uh, the, the, there were a few lines in there as well, which I thought were uh, really good. And, and going back to what you were just saying, Miro, I think, uh, you know, that, that kind of blurring of reality of, you know, what's real and everything. There was a line about plausibility is overrated. Mm. And, and I think, yeah, I, I thought that was really, uh, really excellent. I think, you know, that was clearly one of the um, key themes anyway that I took from the film. Mm. Well, and I think in essence, because it's basically this guy on a train, tell people a bit about the story. Uh, it's a woman on a train in theory and a man on a train. And he then says he's a psychiatrist in, a, in, a, in an institution. And then he talks about his patients. And, and I, I thought, I, I love that idea that uh, we construct our own lives through stories. And, and I think that that was its narrative about mental illness, you know, whether that's right or wrong and problematic. I thought it was very interesting that it was a way of trying to construct uh, a way through existence, through the narratives that we, we have here and live by. To the extent that, for example, I think at its most extreme, the story being told was eight people removed from the era so it was someone telling a story about someone telling a story about someone telling a story and i think it was about eight removed yeah yeah which i i thought was quite impressive the way they did that uh, yeah yeah uh and i and i thought you know I, again that line about plausibility i thought was excellent so then then the film is the stories being told visualized i thought it was i thought visually it was beautiful it was very absolutely very it reminded me of wes anderson a bit um <laughs> particularly some of the early 
part of the film. Absolutely. So, but again, color palette, yeah. So, talking about disability, we we've got a, a, if we just ignore the mental mental uh, health kind of character, because to some extent, so many of them are that. But if we just talk about the physical ones for a moment, you've got the one-armed man. You've got the father of the one-armed man in the wheelchair who has no legs. Then you've got the very specific tale about the two disabled characters, which I thought was very, very interesting. The two disabled characters, uh, in their kind of blossoming romance. So let's let's focus on on sort of the the two disabled men, the man with one arm, and so it's his story about how he lost his arm, uh, eaten by a garbage truck, and all of that kind of stuff. What what did you think about those kind of representations of that of those two? men in particular, Miro? Well, what I thought was quite interesting, um, if I just go, go to my notes, particularly at the beginning of the film, you, you, the, I think the film tries to challenge the normative assumptions that we make when hearing stories. So when, um, when, he's, when the person on the train gets the letter from um, the, uh, the, the sister and, and she explains how the father, who's the, the father, who's a wheelchair user, um, sits in you know sits by the window, waiting for letters to come from his son. At first, before you before she says the word wheelchair user, you see him in an armchair, and then it changes to a wheelchair. Then, as the camera pulls back and she references, I think he's, the father was in the in the army or or some sort of um, um, I, th I think I think some sort of military background. You then see that his his legs are missing. So I think yeah, it it, it it's it's questioning that as stories are unraveling, we start to then challenge our assumptions and perhaps we then remold our ideas and interpretation of stories to fit the narrative of what we're hearing. And I think that definitely leads back to what you were saying, Paul, in terms of, you know, this is about multiple layers of interpretation. You know, you've got the, you've got the, 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 the original event, whether it's true or, 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 or is, is made up through story. And again, the film is saying, does that actually matter? You know, what, what's the, what's the, what, is there a point to, you know, is it significant that something is made up or something is, is truth and how we accept that? But then you've got these different layers of interpretation of somebody then retelling a story, somebody hearing the story, somebody watching the story unfold as, as a viewer watching the film. So I, I think that for me, the, those two characters, it was the beginning of trying to make us question our assumptions and our normative assumptions about, about what we accept as, as, uh, as normal, but also what we then start to accept as truth and whether we are desperate to, um, or, or to d determine and, and find truth, particularly when, you, you know, when the character, um, I'm, again, I'm, I'm conscious of spoilers, but you know, particularly when the character, uh, the one-armed character comes home, retells a whole story about his, his military experience and his father is um, so aggrieved by the idea of him lying and, and, uh, and of, of telling, that, you know, not, not the truth, so that it's, um, to the point where he breaks a table, table in half through his through his fist and a, and throws a, a I think a ciabatta at the, the head of the uh, of the, the one arm character. So again, I think yeah, I think that was what was quite significant for me really. In, in Did, of, didn't it take characters. it a little bit more, a little bit further than that, in the sense that your your example of you know he's in an armchair, then she says he's in a wheelchair, and then he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It's actually how you exploit. Uh, exploit people characters ideas and archetypes to add to add to a story to make it 
more believable, more emotive and more persuasive. And it's actually doing that as she's speaking. Absolutely. Uh, which yeah. I thought was really, really good. And again, there's, a, there's lots to me about how you construct narratives to yeah. then, that then define your life and your perspective and your worldview. And I, I thought that that was really interesting. And again, because to some extent, all stories are lies. Uh, every story is a lie because, you know, it's not someone else's experience. And if it's a story that you're absorbing, it's a lie because you haven't lived it. And even if you've lived it, it's a lie because it's distorted. Your experience of that narrative is distorted by everything around you. And I, I quite like the idea because I think there was a bit of the, you know, families fuck you up kind of idea. But then it broadened that by exploring all kinds of narratives that everything fucks you up. <laughs> and you can't not be fucked up by everything. <laughs> I think what's quite clever as well, given what you've just said about the, the, uh, th those first scenes with um, impairment um, kind of appearing, a kind of almost as a, 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 a sub a subtext. I think what I think in some ways that really set the scene for um, skipping on a couple to to the um, to the story of of the young disabled couple. Mm -hmm. uh, where where that 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 was kind of from the start framing the story rather than being uh, than being something that you just kind of noticed in amongst everything else. So I mean, and I, I, if I remember it correctly, he starts off by saying that uh, um, the the disabled character starts off in in that segment by saying that um, he um, he's. His experience of the world is mediated through uh, basically uh, lots of non-disabled people's experience through media and all that kind of thing. And of course, the, the, whole, the whole story in some ways explores that and explores how actually him, uh, his life being defined by uh, um, uh, non-disabled experience actually serves him really badly in understanding uh, other disabled people and and is it, uh, again with trying without spoilers is uh, and without uh, and his own sexuality even one could say that he he, he, he doesn't even realise that he has a right to have a sexuality outside of that that's been defined for him even if we are even if he even if he recognises that it can that he can be a sexual person so I thought that that was quite clever how. It, it kind of went from that initial kind of oh disabilities in there to oh and now we're exploring disability kind of directly. Absolutely, and I, and I think just to come on to that as well, yeah, there's a quote some somewhere in the film. I think it's when we introduce um, uh, the, the 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 backstory to the to the to the woman the woman on the train, um, and at that point about you know struggling to differentiate between author narrator and characters yeah and i think that was a you know a, a significant point to, to then you know as you just talked about Alison, you know trying to make sense of ourselves trying to make sense of you know who we are and and actually what in terms of trying to understand who we are what impact does the 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 uh, narratives of stories that we see that we're exposed to which are often uh you know reflecting ideas of normality which you know to, to us in in disability studies uh is is deeply problematic and, and deeply toxic in in the in the in, in you know in the way that normality is is paraded around and, and disability 
is seen as deviant. And I suppose that, you know, that goes also to the point that he makes when he's reflecting on his relationship the, 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 when he's in France, um, the, the, the person who's, who's confined to the bed, when he talks about um, you know, how you know, within storytelling, the, the, the position of sale people is never there. And you know, the functionality of the body is obscured. To, you know, it, you know, it hides the realization of, of impairment and difference. Uh, and then he also says, you know, and that becomes a lie to humanity, I think is, is a term that he uses, which I thought was really powerful. You know, that question of we, we need to make sense of the way in which stories are told to us. And indeed, not just in the problems in, in, in the way that the story, in what the story is telling us, it's also the lies that stories tell us as well, and what is covered up and what is hidden as well. And that's obviously where he you know, asks that question about where are the imperfections, where are the, the defects and the um, and but I think he, he even makes it, he even comments on that there are disabled characters, but they're just as, they're just as untruthful. They're just, a, they're just the same kind of lies and create the same kind of fantasies mm. and they're exploited in the same kind of way. Because, uh, because I thought, I thought that, that, that was, that was, a, I thought that was a really different kind of perspective. And again, I think when he's telling his story of his PAs or his carers showing him pornography, I think, you know, that is six or seven removed from where we are in the film to be. Yeah. And, and again, and I thought, and again, it's that, that, that it's all lies. We, we, we build our lives on lies. Our lives are lies, which, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so you, it was slightly, I think, what weakened the whole, uh, and again, it's about a, a, a man who is severely impaired. We call him bedridden man. I think they call him that, isn't it? who meets a woman when he's finally uh, able to walk and go out with body length calipers, <clears throat> which I remember from school being encouraged to use, uh, which I stopped that as soon as I got out of school because it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, but then he goes on a trip and he meets a woman. And again, even the whole cliche of that it was in Paris, uh, you know, the romantic city. And I thought it layered upon layer kind of the cliches to kind of completely undermine and destroy them all and then talk about all they're all lies and I, I, I thought that was really good. I thought my problem with that section was uh, was the treatment of the woman in that, the disabled woman uh, you know she became a bit of a a body if nothing else through you know the, the nudity in it that it, it seemed a, yeah. bit, a bit biased in that you know, she was. So isn't it always? Yeah, and she was incredibly beautiful as well, which again yeah. was a bit of a weakening of the whole thing. But again, it's a movie, you know, all that kind of stuff, the business, whatever. I, you know, I just accept that as a kind of narrative reality. But I think I I, I thought it was well worth watching. So if we if we. Can, can I just say, in terms of the woman, although I, I, I tend to disagree with, I'm sorry, I tend to agree with you. Um, I, I think the fact that um, that she is the one who acts in the in the end to to uh, uh, break break the myths around uh, uh, dis disabled people's sexuality and actually the right to to act outside of of the roles that have been confined for us, uh, that, that, sorry, that have been defined for us. Uh, I, I think that that kind of helps for me. Yeah, no, because I think it was quite good that she made the decision to leave because she, just because she was disabled and was lonely, she didn't have to take that kind of behaviour. 
but if she didn't want to and and, and I, I you know so there were really good elements to it but and I thought overall it, it worked very nicely in what I was exploring I think you mentioned that what about the dogs let's go on to the dogs <laughs> because I you know I, I, I I'm um, what do you think Alison <laughs> so well, that we can temper what we say I don't know. I don't know what Miro's uh, what put him off his snack this morning. Uh, but for me, it wasn't particularly the more scatological aspects. It was actually um, the sight of a woman being forced to eat dog food was almost a bit, a bit too much to, to take for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what Miro eats I, regularly. I, I did think, why has Paul given us this film? <laughs> Uh, I had exactly the same thought at exactly the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it was quite interesting because I, uh, it was, I thought the whole, the whole dog thing and, and the woman is, is it, just explain it, the woman's in a relationship with a man, it's a bit dull and boring, he's not treating her very well, he doesn't want to get married. She then meets someone because of their shared love of dogs and then, let's use the phrase, it gets a little bit out of hand. Uh, <laughs> Um, it was quite interesting some ways because of course I think we're meant to just go oh god how terrible to treat a woman like a dog and of course of course it is and it reminded me a bit of Coronation Street actually and that's that the, 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 there's a similar storyline not including that's dogs that's not what I expected you to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but no I, I was thinking about that and, and, and it, it did take it to quite extreme places and I get a, a bit like the last film we discussed I thought but I, I, um, I'm probably not going to be popular for saying this, but I, I, I thought, well, this idea of treating a woman like a dog, we're, we're a culture that apparently loves our pets and things like that. Uh, and it's like, there's, there's, the, 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 it wasn't unraveled in the film, but it's like the, 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 the idea that it's okay to treat animals in the way that we treat, not, not particularly dog food, we probably like dog food, I, I know very little about dogs. But um, again, just like the the uh, the <clears throat> narrative in in the section before, and 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 and, um, and the awful kind of narrative, the, the awful stories about children. That the, there's another thing there about um, well, is it okay for a man to actually uh, or a woman to to um, to to sink their identity and to rely on. On, on animals to meet their needs. So I th that was quite an interesting narrative that I would like to see to get explored a bit more, actually. You don't um, think it did explore it, though? You don't think it did unravel oh, that? By, no. by what it did in, in the exploitation of the woman. Yeah. And again, I think Spain, Spain has a very serious problem with its treatment of women and notions of masculinity. I think murders of women in domestic violence all of those kind of things. And animal welfare. Exactly. It does have a problematic relationship with animal welfare. And I thought it used a lot of the cliches around, you know, like just even like the word bitch and, and putting it with women and all that kind of stuff and how men treat women. I, I thought it was, it took it to the extreme to, to strengthen that argument. And I think, I thought it did it very well, actually, and I thought that that I, I hated it, but I thought it was really good. It probably did because I'm still thinking about it, and that's usually I, I haven't quite. I think because we only watched it this morning, uh, things like that take a while to, to for me to 
And, and I thought one of the best bits about that, well, the most powerful was uh, at the most terrific moments, you have that love song playing, uh, which is called El Amor by Massil, who was actually the woman who beat Cliff Richard in Eurovision in the late 60s. And she is a massive Spanish star. And, and, and the song, and it was a typical Spanish, over-emotional, building up. And, and I love the song to the extent I now have it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, you've got that popular music, all of that, that fantasy of you'll do anything for love. That that song, which again was a massive hit by a legendary Spanish singer in Spain, that's all there. I think, you know, Miro said something about that there's, there's Basque stuff in there, which as a, as a, a kind of non-Spanish person, we don't get. And it, equally, the, the song about oh, the yeah. of women, yeah. with that playing on it, I thought that that was so powerful. It ha added to the horrific nature of it. It yeah. added to the fact that we, we create love on the basis of narratives of love that we hear. And I, I thought the power of that was, and the song just was so perfect. And, and it, it didn't just build up to a crescendo and come down. It was so Spanish. It went up to a crescendo and then up and then up and, then, yeah. and never ended. And I thought that was what the narrative was doing in a way that said, you know, don't fucking do this. It is utterly yeah, ridiculous yeah. to do this. And the music did that as well. And to believe in these fantasies, these illusions, these narratives that are other people's narratives that are fucking your life up. Just don't do it. And I thought that no, was... I, I think you're right. And I think in time, I'll probably go and watch it again because, like I said, it's still processing. But it, it was uncomfortable to watch. And, of course, it, um, I, I, I think, I, I, I'm sure one of you will mention it anyway, it goes right, hatch, back, right to the first line of the film, which is one of the best opening lines I've ever heard. Um, which which refers to that? Um, can you remember the line? No. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It, yeah, it would say, if I said it, I, I could say it. Say just it. say it. <laughs> say it. It's about coming coming home and surprising your partner who's busy uh, in, 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 um, um, exploring um, uh, his poo with a popsicle stick. And I'm just like, what? Right at the beginning, which refers, of course, to that, yeah. uh, to the end of that segment, and, yeah. and the dog segment. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's really interesting. So, sorry, flipping about a bit, but I think it's really interesting that her job is as an editor and, and the way it's pieced together. Of course, we know that, you know, it all revolves uh, around Helga anyway. So, yeah. Yep. No, I, 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 it's funny because I, I thought... This is deeply disturbing. It probably is dubious, but I thought the power of it was superseded that in a way. And, and again, and I think because I, 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 you know, I've been to Spain quite a lot, and it does have a a really serious problem with its treatment of women, you know. And even even kind of like trying to create narratives to empower women of. It's fair enough if you kill someone who treats you like that, you know, uh, her dream of, of what she does to him, but then isn't a dream, but then it is, it becomes a reality, but through medicalization, because, you know, she drugs him so that then he then needs 
he then actually does need a, a, a lobotomy. They talk about a lobotomy at one point, I think, for him, the doctor in the institution that he's now in. And I thought, I thought it works so well. And again, Spanish films are disturbing quite often. They have a particular kind of narrative thrust that tends to push the boundaries in a way that French or even German or English films don't particularly do. That I, I thought... I thought it delivered a punch that I hadn't seen in any other films for a very long time, both yeah. about disability, about women, about animal welfare, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And again, you're talking to someone, I hate dogs. I do. I hate dogs. I always have, because I was attacked by a police dog as a child. And so, but I, I thought it worked so well. Miro, what do you think? Just to, just to say on that, there's a couple of points. One is because it made me think uh, when I got to the end of the film and, and Helga is, is having that meeting with the um, with the the, the 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 clinician in in the institution, and you're talking about the lobotomy, and then it made me think right back to the beginning when um, Martin, as the one-armed uh, air force uh, cadet who's who's been you know stationed in Kosovo, um, and he's going through the hospital, and his mate who's talking to him, who's not who's and he, Martin's not listening to him, is talking about lobotomy. lobotomy. And the process of lobotomy, um, and something to do with, with linking it to vet, vets as well. It made me then think: Well, I wonder actually whether Helga's story is that even supposed to be real, or is that supposed to be actually part of the the, the narrative and the blurring of the line between reality and and, and fiction? So, was it that the stories that we hear and construct are our own form of lobotomization? Yeah, but do you want, do you want to say a bit more on that? Well, that actually, you know, a, a lobotomy just stops you thinking clearly and takes away things and all those kind of things. And actually the narratives that we construct our own lives are a self-lobotomizing kind of process to ignore the terrible things around us and live in a fantasy world, you know. I and think of course, that's what an editor does, isn't it? Yeah. Optimizes yeah. stories, <laughs> <laughs> or or takes it in a particular day, uh, direction, so that you you ignore that bit, you ignore that bit, and it can be a nice uh, a kind of fantasy harmonized version to deliver X, A, B, C, or D, uh, and a lobotomy does that for people to some extent that medical is defined are unable to do that, i.e., the mentally ill, uh, and so it, it it's a medical editing. <laughs> and, and I think you know, just 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 going back to you know the the, the second part, of the, the the second act in the film around um, around Helga's you know backstory. Yeah, you know, in the in the first part, in the sorry, in the first act, you know, when you're talking about Martin's story, you've got the self-absorption of absorption of um, of garbage and waste and 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 shit, and then and the, you know kind of the self-containment and the and and holding on to that and 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 uh, and all the issues that come with that. But then when you come to uh, Helga's backstory, I think you know, there's a quite interesting quote when she meets, I can't remember his name, but when she meets the guy who's working in the kiosk, who we later find out has got a fascination with dogs, you know, she says, all things are present from their beginnings. And then you see this, this, this slow decline of, of, of control. You, know, you see forms of resistance that she tries to enact in terms of you know, she says, no, I don't want to be involved in, in these kind of performances. He then punishes her through withdrawal of, of affection and, um, and, and, and interaction. And then as she starts to become more and more in, in, uh, consumed by the life of the, of the, of the dogs or the animals, you know, there, there you see 
elements of this kind of internalized oppression. She even refers at one point when he kisses her on the face, you know, he kissed my muzzle, which I thought was, was, was again. Oh, God, I, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, she, so she, <laughs> she starts to talk about herself and her body as, as, as one that is an animal. Um, I, and I thought that was, you know, that was really interesting. So, you know, again, exploring those ideas of, of resistance. And of course, whereas it starts with him being absorbed in the ideas of dogs, it then transitions to being absorbed about fecal matter, hence why we see him, you know, looking at his own fecal matter and-, and uh, Aren't we all obsessed with our own fecal matter? Well, possibly. But again, I think it, you know, it, it, it's a way of linking the stories together and blurring the ideas of taking parts of different stories and narratives, bringing them together to make sense of our own, of our own selves and our own storyline, as, as you said, and that kind of you know, essence of, 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 of picking parts of different stories uh, as, as a way to, to then come to a conclusion as to what really matters and where we are and where we find ourselves and the realization that actually perhaps our life is, is, is one of, of oppression and, and um, consistent authority of telling us where we are and who, who we should be with and where we should live our life and who in, indeed authorizes or legitimizes our own stories. You know, the idea of ultimately you have the, the character on the train, the man on the train, and he's only permitted to live his life through his stories because the clinicians have said, well, our idea of therapy is to let him come and go into the institution as he wishes, let him tell the stories to people, let him blur the ideas and lines of, of the different stories that he, that he comes across and, 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 and creates. And I thought, that, so I thought that was quite interesting in the, in the element of, of power and authority. Mm. So was he saying that we are, in literally what we are doing now is us looking at faecal matter with a popsicle stick? in that stories are just shit and we all try and give them meaning and interpretation and explore them. What does it but the mean? good shit, aren't they, Paul? The good <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, that's what I always say about my own anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, and, but I think, I think the film was saying that, but not that the film is shit, but actually, as Miro said in that line, he quoted about, you know, it's all there at the beginning and, that line you just mentioned, which I forgot. What was the line, Miro? Um, it all was present from the start. Yeah, yeah. So all, all things are present from the beginning. All yeah. things are present. So yeah, we, all know, we all know women are treated shit. Animals are treated shit. We don't need a story to tell us that. You know, we we know that, but actually we ignore it through all the other stories that we construct around our lives. And actually, we should just focus on stopping it ending it and and creating a better society for us all and and, the, and disabled people as well we know disabled people are treated like shit we know that porn and i thought it tapped quite nicely into a lot of contemporary issues and sort of said well we know that that happens what we need to do is stop it not tell stories about it for example uh sexual sexual ex exploitation of victims of wars, which is what the Kosovo story was, the exploitation of children, the exploitation of women, all of those things. We know all that from the very beginning, but we don't deal with that. We make stories about it to make ourselves feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that that was, you know, and we, and we just end up looking through shit, trying to give things meaning when in I fact... That, that reminds me, I thought there was, uh, there's lots of little, really little 
like critical moments in the film and I thought in the first kind of horror story which was truly horrific um the the fact that um one of the beneficiaries of the horrible stuff that was going on was going to be um an avant-garde artist who who, who New was York. to show his work in New York yeah. Uh, it, it, it kind of reminded me of some of the stuff that, that was in the square a couple of years ago. It's just like, you know, the, the people who, who we really trust to tell the stories that seem to matter the most and seem to be taken most seriously by those in power. It's, it's like it didn't, it wasn't swerving away from the fact that those people can be actually among the worst. And to add to that as well, you know, you, you, when, when, when the character realises what is happening to, to the to the children when he in, in you know when he meets the um the 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 uh, the guy in the park and you know he says yeah the state legitimizes this the state accepts it because it allows them that, to then achieve their social policy aims of getting kids off the streets and 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 so on i thought that was you know that was quite significant as well it shows going back to the points we just said you know, the points we we're making you know we we know all of these things and yet we allow these acts of surveillance the continuous amount of of increased surveillance that we have over our bodies in different ways, the the, the acceptance of uh, professionals to make judgments about our bodies and determine what we can and can't have. We we know all of this, and yeah. yet it's about trying to make sense of what kind of gains are they trying to get from this, and therefore what will what lives will they accept and what lives will they tolerate yeah. in order to pursue their aspirations yeah. and ambitions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything else anybody wants to say? I think we've covered quite a lot. <laughs> I think it has important parallels actually just at the moment in terms of you know who who we test drugs on who 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 um you know who who gets to take the risks so the rest of us can live better and yeah I think it had some it, it, I, I I felt lots of echoes with the current moment with that first one in particular I think well and and, and the woman who prostituted herself to get the charity to run the hospital by sacrificing not not just her own body by but also sacrificing children along the way literally and i thought that that it had so many areas that were so insightful in a way for a mainstream film you know if that that's an attack on charity what charity is yeah. What you have to do absolutely. to get charity. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I really did. I, I, just after watching it, I think that was one of my favourite ones, actually. Yeah. You know, and again, although it's horrible to watch, and again, it's quite rare that you, you know, you can say it was. I thought it was a truly excellent film, a really clever film, a really intelligent film, a really insightful, a really political film. But it was absolutely horrible to watch. Uh, and but actually, that's what makes it. You know. I think I'm very disappointed that it hasn't got many nominations in the Spanish Oscars, which are called Goyas, because uh, I think it's much more visually stunning than a lot of other stuff. But And equally, the ideas in it, just playing with ideas, which, again, it's both critical of, but sort of saying, be critical of the notion of ideas and stories and lies. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, although I might change my mind next week. <laughs> <laughs> you started off by saying, Alison, that you had some problems with the treatment of women, I think, or simplified ideas. Uh, no, not particularly with the treatment. I mean, I mean, to some extent, if you talk about the, the treatment of women and it being being bad, it, it's, it, it, well, what's bad and good is, is showing the treatment of women as, uh, as, as, you know, suffering at the hands of men. Uh, 
bad in that it's reminding us of what happens or, or you know it, it, it's it, it's not, those aren't easy conversations to have are they and of course it, it's not very nice seeing a woman being oppressed and then more oppressed and and, and and in that kind of way but but if, if we don't if we don't tell those stories then that's worse I think so absolutely that, that's not my biggest issue with the film I think I think it'd be quite it'd be quite easy to accept the kind of less visible uh, mental health discourses in there even though we've talked about lobotomy and things like that um, I think to some degree, you know, the fact of, well, somebody does that and you put them in an institution and, and uh, like, who, who's the one with the mental health problems and all the rest. Um, uh, it, 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 what, that, that wasn't, didn't go as deeply as a lot, as a, as a lot of the other explorations went, I think. But would, would you not sort of say that perhaps that's what the whole film was about? Well, it is on, on the one hand, on the one hand, I, I, very very gratifying that it's good reading for me to take from it but I, I could quite see if somebody said actually um, th this makes me feel worse because this was this this wasn't treated with with sufficient kind of um, I don't know gravitas or, or on the role of, of the institution for example yeah yeah well and i think that's a problem with a lot of films particularly about disability that sort of create a, a kind of an illusion of empowerment and insight but actually don't question the fundamentals of 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 the scenario for example you know there's lots of films about people you know being empowered and given good lives in an institution that don't ever question the notion of the existence of institutions and i, I think that's that's very true so Anything else? Yeah, I'm just trying to put on that kind of lens. Um, I wondered, um, where, where can people access this? I, I know we got access to it through you, but because how, how, if we talk about it, if people want to watch it, how do they get it? Uh, that's a good question. I, I suspect, I think the thing is, is it's very new. I, I think within, within a few months, it'll probably be on a streaming platform, Netflix, Amazon, Prime, one of them. Uh, some, some countries haven't released it yet. They're going to release it in May. Okay. So I think I think that's what's going to Yeah, and so on. And, and equally, I have one friend in business person. She, she will probably she, she will probably want to watch it, I think. So that's one reason I was asking, uh, in case she says, where do I find it? So yeah, well, other listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we're probably well ahead of the game. And I, I, I you know, we were just lucky to be able to do it. But, but I think it will probably be out in the not too distant, particularly in the current situation, where most even cinema-only films are instantly being put on uh, streaming platforms. And I think most of the streaming platforms are very good at foreign language films in a way that cinemas aren't, actually. And one of the benefits, of I think, of many streaming platforms... For example, I wanted to watch a film called Brit Marie Was Here, which is a, a Swedish film that uh, never would have been released here, but it's actually on Amazon Prime, so, you know... Uh, which was, I thought was a really nice film. It's not a great piece of art, but I, I think it will be on one of the streaming platforms in the okay. not distant future. Okay. And I think if they just keep an eye on IMDb, perhaps create a list that usually tells you when things are on and where you can see them. 
on that note, because you're breaking up, Alison. Okay. Uh, okay. I think we've probably had enough. Have you any more to say, Mira? Are you happy? No, just to say that, you know, I, I think it, 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 from, you know, it's a summary. It's questions that role of, of ignorance in our lives, I, I suppose. I, you know, it's something I wrote down. You know, whether it's done by naivety or whether it's done deliberately, you, you know, you want to ignore things as, as kind of explored the things we've been saying. It's that question of ignorance and the role that ignorance plays um, and, and, and the problems that come from, from being ignorant, as well as the relief that also comes from being ignorant as well. And the and, stories and, that are told that create that ignorance. Absolutely, yeah. No, and also I think the last thing as well is I was interested in the amount of relationships in the film Again, I th and I think this is probably, a, you know, a, the, 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 the director and the writer was trying to emphasize the, the role of the market economy. Now, they talk about the market economy when they, when they discuss the, 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 the plight of the children in, in Kosovo. But it's that question of, you know, a lot of the main relationships in the, in the film, every offer, every offer or every action that's taken has a condition attached to it. So, you know, the, the woman, Helga, can have love if she abides by the rules of, of living yeah. like an like an animal, um, you know, and I and there was there was a number of, of 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 those examples I thought in the film, which I thought was was a really important message about, uh, you know, how what we need is only ever provided to us on the basis of us meeting a condition, in in response, you know, the woman in the hospital she has to sell her body in order to get charity. The guy who is um, who who introduces her to all the money is in response to giving a child every month. To, to to the group of, of, of horrible people. So again, it, I think that was that was quite interesting. Well, the, the conditionality that is put on on every part of our life. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, you don't see that anywhere else. I thought it was it was excellent. So, and again, in the world we're living in now, that notion of conditionality is just soul destroying. Well, I, th I think that's what you know. For me, it was a case of there is conditionality everywhere in in life, and and also at the same time if if that is uh, coupled with the idea of ignorance then it shows you actually how self-absorbed we become and we become lost then in, in trying to make sense of of the power relations and the importance of resistance mm -hmm. and in fact what it is that we're trying to to achieve through our stories on that note thank you both